0: It's Migrant Diaries with Forez, one new story at a time every week. Tonight, to tonight we have in Bernada, and she also goes to this Liberal Arts College in Iowa, and we'll be talking about migration, her experiences, and all other things involved in migration. How are you doing, Bernada? I'm uh,
1: pretty good today.
0: <laughs> How's your day been?
1: Um, a little bit busy, couple of presentations here and there, writing papers, but um, has been a really. I would say a really productive day.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, what's what's next for you on this journey of migration and like of moving through the world? What's next for you?
1: Uh, I mean, obviously, after you know, it's it's my senior year, and definitely, some uh, things are a little bit scary, right? Because you know, we are trying to find out um, what we want to do and what. You what we would, you know, what is best for us, and and so we are basically trying different things. So in my case, I I have been applying for graduate schools, mm. um, but one one of the things that just came up recently to me was that um, I did not want to um, stay here. Mm-hmm. I did not want to stay in the states for now at least because one I feel like I have stayed. For too long in school, and I have not had the opportunity to um, apply the knowledge that I have. So a lot of what I have is more of a theoretical part of um, of you know of knowledge. I don't really have the the practical part of it. So I I feel like I need at least one or two years to kind of have that experience because that is going to give a much better um, somehow it's gonna give a perspective on how I, I think, mm. how I see things. Yeah. So basically it's it's as of now, you know, I'm gonna be going home okay back to my country and I am going to be working. I'm gonna be working and and Probably, well, not probably, um, starting a business as well with three of my other friends.
0: Oh, that's nice. That's great. Yeah. That's sweet. So how did you come to be in the US of, USA? How did you come here? Um, I think there's a bit of a backstory so people can, our listeners know, <laughs> okay, yeah, where you went, so how you got here, and yeah, we'll talk more on that, on that as we go on, but yeah, how
1: Okay, here. Yeah. So' it's, it's kind of a really long story. Yeah that's right. Um, and um, it's, it all started when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So I was um, I think I was one of these um, I was the youngest in my class mm-hmm. and uh, back, in, back in my country because because of the civil war and um, mm-hmm. because you know people did not have the opportunity to go to school. Mm-hmm. And so I went to a school. it was a Catholic school where adults pretty much you know it was a high school so pretty much adults had the opportunity to be in the same class as young younger people mm. so I was the younger one but I also was the girl of the books mm. so to me I, I guess at that time I hadn't like I never thought that nothing was more important than mm. study because I don't really come from a very privileged family mm. and so Mother, my mother and my my father always told us that, hey, um, the the way that a, a person who isn't privileged, you know, your tr- your your trump card mm. is education. Mm. So education is the only thing that is going to get you out of there. So that's how I kind of hang on to the books. Mm. And so as a result, I was a really good
2: student. Mm. So
1: like I had some of the best grades. Um, but at the same time, I also thrived to. Um, get my classmates to get the grades mm-hmm. that I also had. So it was a very important thing in my school. And as a result, um, the um, the principal of my school had this connection with uh, a non-governmental organization in Angola called um, DW.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, they basically worked with... Um, the, the UWC movement,
2: mm-hmm. you, know, you know,
1: they they had a lot of students who actually also came from my school and another school. And um, they, they were basically recruiting. They were looking for students who were very dedicated, but at the same time also had that passion, that need to succeed in mm-hmm. life and had like a much bigger, um, somehow a bigger perspective of the society. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just like okay, I am in school, and I want to be able to, you know, have a job afterwards. I want to, let's say, I want to become a, I want to study linguistics, and and then I want to become a teacher and, and, and teach language, or, you know, and then make a lot of money for myself and help my family, right? I mean, it's not a bad thing to think in that way, right? But they were recruiting individuals who, like, we're thinking beyond that,
2: mm. right?
1: Mm. I yes, my career, my family, but how how am I going to contribute to my society? Mm. And so that's that's what I understood, you know. Yeah. Two years after, so, so, yeah. you know, we recruited by by, by the, the the DW non-government organization in Angola, and so that's really what taught me. And so my principal called me and other some of some other students at the institution. And we were recommended to the non-government organization, mm. and one beautiful one beautiful Saturday we were cold, and and it it was like one interesting experience where we like we were just talking to each other, we we were listening to the movement for the first time, yeah. the, the United the, World the College, College for the yeah. first time, and it it, it just it just sounds like something that I've dreamed about, mm. and um, yeah, I I decided to apply for it. And one funny thing about it is that, like, I thought that because they already called us, I had been accepted. Yeah. And so, like, I already called my parents saying, "Hey, I got accepted." Oh my
2: god!
1: Not knowing that I had to apply. Oh okay. So, (laughs) so so, like, I applied later Mm -hmm. for the UWC. Yeah. And then I was like, "Oh, I'm still, oh, it's still an application."
0: That's funny, wow. You know how you feel me not get accepted? Exactly.
1: It's like I had told my family <coughs> and my friends that I already had been accepted to Norway. Wow. And but then, thank God, I got accepted, okay. and I went to Norway. That's where I did the two years of IB. It mm-hmm. was it was a you know breathtaking experience, and from that high from from Norway, that's where I heard about um, Luther College, how mm. about about this college, and, um, and John, I met John Lohan, and he told me about this school, and also a friend of mine, and somehow she's kind of a distant relative, mm. and she told me about, about the institution as well, and I really liked it, and um, I had three other schools to decide from, mm. uh, but I, you know... I was so much into the Norwegian spirit. Mm. And to an extent, I wanted to go to a place that somehow emphasized those values mm. and, and had that spirit. And that's how I ended up coming here, into the Midwest,
2: mm. um,
1: into this college. Oh, oh,
2: nice.
1: Yeah.
0: So, what is home for you? What is home for you? So, is it... um, What is home for you? Is it like... A geographical location is a space and it's time is this a space like is it Angola you said at, like home being you mentioned I'm mm-hmm. it's like what is home to you and yeah what does it mean like to you yeah okay.
1: so uh, I think when 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 you travel mm. um, a lot um, and you, you distance yourself from your family mm. to an extent what home means to you, and, you know, the definition of the meaning to mm. yourself, it starts to become a little bit fragmented mm. because um, at first, um, you you know, when you leave for the first time, you, that place where you were born, where mm. you have your relatives, where you have your parents, that is home for you yeah. because that is where your most... Dear memories are connected to mm. you, you know, but then you also get used to this new place mm. and you get to know people and you have friends and, and you start to call that place home to. too. Yeah. And then you move to another place, it's, it's like the more you move, the more comfortable you get. You start to realize that um, home is not just a geographical place, place yeah. if you have us or it right? It, it, it is where you feel comfortable, so, mm-hmm. right? But, but I, I, I feel like at this point in my life as well, I have reached the point where like, I, no matter where I go, mm-hmm. those places will feel comfortable. Yeah. And if, if comfortable for you means home, mm-hmm. then different places for you will be home. Mm-hmm. But I also noticed that there is a special connection mm-hmm. to my hometown. Mm. To the place where I was born. Mm. And it's anything that happens to that place. Mm. It affects me. Mm. Mm. And so to me, I mean, all these other places that I have been to, I would very much refer to them as home. Mm. But honestly, I think at this point in my life, to me, home... Is really the place where I oh, was born, born, where I grew up, where my childhood memories are.
0: Yeah. Which what can you tell us? Share. Do you mind sharing the name of the place?
1: So, um, my hometown is called Lubangu. Lubangu. and mm. it's in the southern, um, region of the country. Okay. And um, it's the coldest area. Okay. Of the country. Okay. Mm. And um, people are very, very warm. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just I don't know like. Um, one of my values and, and again i go that from that place mm. you know it's the fact that you you will, you it's the generosity it's mm. one of, it's one of the, the values that we you we very much emphasize in our place connectedness generosity the fact that you just do things mm. for your community without expecting anything in return, return.
2: Mm. and so
1: in all these other places that i have been to I mean I have somehow uh, you know absorbed the norms and the culture of this place some of them have been very welcoming mm. to what I to break you know to to what my values so, were mm. but in many of those places my values had to be somehow restructured mm. you know so it had to be readapted That's to it. how those places yeah. were mm. in order for me to be able to survive mm. and you know some people might refer to that as you know you have to somehow, uh, you know...
0: Assimilate or acc- acclimatize. Or
1: acclimatize, yes, yeah. to, to this place mm. so that you can feel the and feel home. Mm. And so, and, 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 in a, and, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, as you analyze each of those places that you have been to, you are like, they were home, that's true, but who I am was not entirely accepted.
2: Mm. But the
1: place where you go back home, you go back and he's like, Yeah, this is Bernarda. This is who she is, who Mm. she was. You know, everyone knows me. It's crazy that everyone knows me. Everyone, I'm not known as Bernarda. I do have a nickname. Mm. Like, people refer to me as, like, Pino. That's, like, my nickname. And so that's how everyone knows me there. And everyone knows that I'm noisy, that I'm jumpy, that I am this person who, it's, like, I just don't care who you are. Mm. To me, it's it's just that relationship. It's If you're rich, if you're poor, the fact that you are a person,
2: mm. to me,
1: you do have value right. and you do mm. matter. Mm. And so your social structure does not matter to me. Mm. And, and these are the values that I learned. Mm. And these are the values that I, I acquired during my childhood. And these are the values that I still think are pretty much mm. emphasized in these places.
0: Oh, that's very so, interesting. Yeah, and a great dancer too as well like i should <laughs> say i've done i've danced in a couple of um like dance sk- skits with banana and she's really good so what would you say you've traveled there's this girl from lubangu i mm-hmm. i got it right um mm-hmm. who moved to norway and is now in the us so what would you say has your what would you say is your or your experience as an immigrant or a migrant what has it been what would you say like looking back like reflecting back on it what would you say
2: you've
1: um being a being a migrant, good that they don't call you an illegal migrant, yeah. right? I think it's a it's a privilege mm. to start with, right? It's a privilege because particularly looking at my experience, right? I did not need to to an extent. Well, yeah, to an extent, I did. I didn't. I didn't have to worry about um, finances that much, mm. you know, mm. um, because again, I had scholarships mm. and to an extent. Um, I am a very. I don't say I'm a very um, thrift person, mm. but like I like to buy the necessary, mm. um, and so, and so in that way, that is a lot easier for me when it comes to finances. Mm. But I think um, being being an immigrant is a very ex- a very interesting experience because um, I think I have become very observant. Right? Mm. I needed to because. In, I learned that very quickly since the moment that I left Angola for the first time and even since the moment that I I left my hometown for Mm. the first time because I moved from my hometown to the capital city Mm. where the norms and the cultural values were Mm. different already. Mm. Even the language itself, we all spoke Portuguese, but the way I spoke Portuguese was different. Mm. And so... I was a minority Mm. there already. I mean, good that people from the South, I am from the South Mm. of the country, right? Mm. And so they have have this very good image Mm. of people from the South, how the people from the South are. And also, I come from a very, like, Education has a... You know, my city has a really good reputation for education. education. So, like, mm. people within the country would want to go to my city to study. Mm. Because we have that reputation that we are very strict. And we stick to the books. And mm. we want people to actually, like, study, learn, and be able to be somebody, mm. you know. And so, again, um, I've been moving mm. since I left my hometown. And so, um, I needed to, to observe, mm. to learn how people speak. How do people react to mm. different things how do you know it's you become very observant you you be, you, you become very adaptable mm-hmm. as well um but at the same time you also learn you 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 also uh, start um somehow like you you, be, you 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 get into a crisis of what should i keep mm. from my culture from i mean again cultures i'm i'm a believer that your culture is always evolving. Yeah. Right? But again, there are values, there are are things, there are like the essence of Mm. where you come from of your culture. And so these things are the ones that you start to question. Mm. You start to, 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 you know, you wonder if you should keep them and if you should just somehow, you know, assimilate the new place and then when you return home, you, you keep whatever you had before. Mm. But then what I have noticed moving to all these different places, you know, to Norway, again to the capital city and then to Norway and then to the U.S., was that I I don't think I am the same person. Mm. You know, every single p- place that I have been to somehow has added value and taken something, something from me. me. Mm. So, um... I'm guess you know like I beca- let's say I wouldn't say became more liberal because liberal has way too many minis yeah. nowadays. <laughs> so um, I I would say I became more open mm. to um to, to certain back you know people of certain ethnicity of of certain backgrounds mm. than I was before. Mm. You know I get to Norway and again you know. I'm not used to see people just going to swim like that and, you know, yeah. and, and just have their bodies without clothes and things yeah. along those lines. So, like, people engage in, like, sexual intercourse mm. with someone in the room. In yeah. the room, like, it's not something you would do. Yeah. But, you know, but these are things that I learned to accept because, you know, it's normal mm-hmm. in that pretty much in, in this place. It's as long as you are in your own corner, as long as nobody can see you, then you're good. And mm. So I feel like in all these places in the U.S., you know, once I get here, I do have to deal with issues from mm. here. You know, again, it's in Norway, the there were issues. You know, because again. Besides being a person moving, being an immigrant moving from one place to another, I am also what I'm also an African. Mm. I'm also what I'm also a woman, mm. and I'm also what I'm also black. Mm. So like there are you know all these different places have different things associated to different people from different backgrounds, mm. Mm. and so particularly people. F- who have the background that I do have, and people who look like me mm-hmm. are treated in a certain kind,
2: mm-hmm.
1: a, in a certain way. So once you move from all these different places, I needed to learn that this is how I'm treated here. Mm. This is how I'm treated mm. here. Again, it was up to me. It was up to me to decide whether to embrace that, mm. or whether to resist, or whether to find a me. You know maybe like a middle, a middle ground where like I could survive you mm. know where I'm not entirely like suppressed and where I'm not entirely like okay um i I really can deal with this with this thing and I'm just gonna keep fighting for mm. it so so these are the things that I had to learn as I move from one place to another mm. so you need to be you need to observe um, you need to learn. You need to, read to 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 an extent, realize what are what are the things that make you you. Mm. You know that you need to keep, and um, how are you going to survive? Oh,
0: so. I like that. So observe, identify the things that make you unique, and what's yeah. survival. I like those three concepts. So mm-hmm. wait, how we heard. How often do you travel, like per year, or like like, let's see there, you know, calendar year? How long you are you away, or like how often, or how? Not so often do you travel or move around the world, or like in the country or in the locality where you are. Like, what would you say that is?
1: Um. So traveling is one of the things that I that I kind of like embraced mm-hmm. to an extent. Um, and I'm I'm like the kind of person. It's funny that I thinking back to myself, I would say. I'm not a traveler, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the circumstances have forced me to travel a lot, mm. right? The opportunities that I've had have forced me to travel mm-hmm. a lot, yeah. right? Like, again, when you come, when you go to Norway, then you have, it's, you know, you're in Norway, mm-hmm. and you are in Europe, yeah. you know, again, you are in the Scandinavian, and then you have the opportunity, you know, you have the, the, the funds to be able to explore that area. Mm. And again, exploring different place, like, Uh, I was just listening to like one of Trevor Noah's videos and Trevor Noah said uh, invested in traveling Mm. it's not a waste of your money because when you travel you are investing on a learning experience because now realizing you are still you are learning your Mm. mind is capturing all the reality from these places Mm. that no matter what when you go back you will have more to add to the table than those people who have not been able to at least see what, what is the structure. How are the people there? How do people in their own countries um, interact right. with each other? Each other. So yeah. I I would say those, you know, the circumstances have forced me to travel. Mm. Uh, but thinking back, I am the kind of person who likes to get settled a lot. Okay. like. If I did not have to like go back home yeah. and be, and see my family, because you know again you know if I did if, if I did not have to go back home to understand the reality, yeah. if I did not have to go back home and somehow reconnect, I wouldn't go back. You know, oh. like if I did not like right now, for instance, I don't know. People say that I I like I probably say that now because I have been to way too many places. Yeah. But I do not find excitement in like going to big places like going to New York mm. going to like um, I don't know going to Las Vegas going yeah. to uh, you know big like LA yeah. or like all these big places I don't find excitement Maybe on that. that but again it's, someone might say that that's because I have been to, way, to Too a made. lot of those places yeah. and to an extent I, I feel like I am I'm somehow trying to find my niche
0: your niche because
1: mm. I don't feel very comfortable in, in a very it's it's like a world where like no one
0: interacts with
1: interacts with each other. Like
0: the city landscape where it's like a lot of people like a throng of people walking about. You don't no one knows anyone or no one knows each other. We are just moving. There's no social interaction. Oh
2: very
1: interesting. It's like you have machines, it's yeah. like you bump into each other. Oh, sorry, something they don't say anything, they yeah. keep moving on. And so it's cars moving one way, the other way. I mean it's good. I mean it's again Those places have contributed a lot to the economies of different places. Mm. But to an extent, I just don't don't see myself in that reality. Mm. I mean, my I I don't know. I just feel like that shatters me. I I feel like I'm very... I feel very oppressed when I am in that reality. Mm. And don't get me wrong. I I don't... I mean, I I wouldn't stop people from going to these places, right? Mm -hmm. Or like, it doesn't mean that I don't go to cities I do go to cities Cities, once in a while, right? Mm. But I also like small communities. Mm. I like places where people are, people, like where we know each other, right? Mm. You don't need to know everyone, of course. If you are like a million
2: people, (laughs) People
1: uh, how would you know Know everyone? everyone. No way. You're not going to know everyone. But at least... I guess I'm just a very, a very community person. Person.
0: It's very interesting to see that. So I'm just looking back on my life and how Mm -hmm. I've navigated the city, like, or more like city, Mm -hmm. small town relationship. So I was born and raised in Accra West, you know Mm -hmm. this, like yeah, Mm -hmm. in Ghana. And, I grew up in a crowd, like vibrant. I'm like, I call myself a city person, a, uh, like city person. Like, I feel comfortable in all the big cities. Like, I remember the first time I was in New York. When I just got down from the like bus, I was like, I just also on Lexington Avenue, and I was just breathing myself It was like I am at home, and like I hadn't been there before. I was supposed to navigate there. Like, the subway system was very easy, and so I felt that ease at home. But like my life is, and coming back to that, it's like. I w- was raised in Accra and all this stuff. Then I left for school, boarding school. It's like mm. a rite of passage in Ghana. Where it's like, yes. you're shipped <laughs> off to boarding school and like everyone does this. And <laughs> so I went to school in this very beautiful, picturesque and very serene part of the country in a different um, region called the Eastern Region. So I went to school there and it was my nice. school so it was on top of a mountain. Very mm. serene, very lovely, very peaceful for intensive... The breeze. Yeah, degrees Oh breeze, my God. The very breeze. intensive <laughs> academic work and it was like lovely. And but uh, vacations were in Accra because like yeah home is where like my Mm -hmm. mom I have a saying that home is where my mom is like yeah Mm -hmm. and my family and everything Like if my mom is there it's home for me so vacation Mm -hmm. I used to come home and I found that in the years the four years I stayed in high school like boarding Mm -hmm. school coming home because of the climate when the climate was ideal it was very cool and the city was really hot like Mm -hmm. glass steel and concrete like asphalt and heat coming there I felt exactly yeah yeah, I felt more at home Mm -hmm. I felt comfortable in the rural area, but I also I felt comfortable in the small town like my school was located in because like yeah it was school, I made friends where also enclosed there. But I felt going forward to I realized that and again I moved away to um Norway, mm-hmm. then did this um I went to UWBC as well. Mm-hmm. And we also had that small town feel. So uh, my life has been that blend of okay, both worlds. Yeah. So the dichotomy of like urban like busy fast fast paced life i feel my i feel like my fast paced busy and mm-hmm. small town like laid back life and it's like enjoying the breeze go for coffee talk mm-hmm. to people work on your bike around it's i feel like it, that healthy balance has been my reality and so i get what you're saying mm-hmm. like i totally understand that is very interesting huh yeah, yeah. like yeah and i feel yeah. like going for it i appreciate the small town feel mm-hmm. but i would need my urban dose to, right. so like to go and experience right. the this, or maybe the suburbs. Like, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out where I want to see myself established. But, yeah, I, I, I get you what you're saying.
1: Yeah, and I guess, I'm, 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 you know, I'm just looking at how both of our experiences are kind of, to an extent, are going to shape us. Because mm. I feel like both, being, but, you know, we have been exposed. You know, you were born in a big town. and yeah. You kind of know how to navigate around. Yeah. And, I mean, and my city was not very big. But I just... I just don't enjoy that much being Mm. there. Like, I I pretty much enjoy a lot being in small places. Small places, yeah. And so, but again, being exposed to both to an extent, like, I think it teaches us, like, how to adapt and Mm. how to be able to, I mean, as long as you can navigate in both places, I think you're good. But again, where you will be, you will end up, that's where it's going to differ for me and for you. Yeah. Right? Because I most probably will end up in a small, small place, place, right? Yeah. I mean I might work in a big place, right? Uh, yeah. But it's eventually not it maybe in my early twenties or, yeah. or my early my early thirties. But my forties definitely I'm gonna end up in, in a small in a small place. place. Huh. But yeah.
0: That's very interesting. Yeah. So you had an opportunity to travel extensively for a semester on a ship. Mm-hmm. Can you like share some <laughs> of those things around? I and mean, I guess it's so <laughs> ties it also ties into with your Saying you've been to a lot of places and you don't have that, like at this point in your life, you don't have that joy. And okay, going to a business, like it's nothing that wows you, or like there's yeah, no, yeah. Can you talk about that voice, just experience with that?
1: Yeah, so, um, basically, yeah, I traveled with Semester at Sea, um, in 2015. Um, it was basically a journey of about 112 days, I think. We started in January and then we ended in April the 29th and our our trip started in um in Mexico. Well mm-hmm. I would say San Diego in yeah, California. 40, yeah. And then it ended in um Southampton um in in England. And um throughout this um this journey I was able to visit um twelve countries mm-hmm. um and a lot more cities that I probably lost the count. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> that's fine. And so
1: I think Amongst the places that we have visited are, you know, Japan. Mm. You know, these are I think I have to an extent visit some of the most exciting places. Mm. The people are like they really wanna go there. Like I I went to Japan, um and I visited Tokyo. I have dreamed about Tokyo. Oh my then. god. Um, I visited Tokyo and then um but mm. I, again, you know, I visited Tokyo and then I went to Osaka.
0: Mm, Osaka and Osaka, then yeah.
1: Um, I went to, we, we. I also went to China, went to Shanghai, oh, nice. didn't go to Beijing, um, because, you know, for visa reasons, because yeah. I'm from Beijing, I we would fly straight to Hong Kong, and I didn't have a visa for Hong Kong, yeah. so I couldn't go to Beijing, but yeah, you know, we visited places like Bay of Shanghai and then Ho Chi Minh City, City. Which um, the Vietnamese prefer to call Saigon.
0: Yeah, Saigon, yeah. You know, Saigon, yeah, you know, yeah, they, yeah. They, Saigon, they, they don't yeah.
1: like Ho Chi Minh, right? Yeah. But anyway, Saigon and then um I went and, and in 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 Vietnam I went to the how is that river called?
0: The Yanzin. In the no, 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 well, we, I
1: was at the Yangtze because the ship had to get through the Yangtze oh, okay. to get into, 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 into Shanghai. But Mekong, Mekong, Mekong Delta. Mekong
0: Delta, okay.
1: I went to the Mekong Delta and listening, you know, I think, Listening to the stories of the people from that area, it was very empowering. Like, it was very interesting. But again, you know, I'm just going to be mentioning the place that I have been to. Mm. So, you guys have an idea of, like, where I've been to. Yeah. Just so you understand, maybe, my perspective. And I will tell you what happened when I was in those places, yeah. right? So, again, I stopped in, you know, Ho Chi Minh City, Mekong Delta. Um, and, and Vietnam, I also visited Kanto. It's one of the cities as mm. well. Been very popular. Um, I went to Singapore, mm-hmm. um, Singapore city, um, to um, uh, Delhi in India, mm-hmm. I visited the Taj Mahal, oh, nice.
2: um,
1: and then I also went to, um, I was at the very south of India as well, uh, where one of the, the small instance is the name of the city, where... It was like the first place where like the Portuguese colonizers okay. when they first landed in India, they landed in Cochin. Cochin. So like I learned about that a lot in literature. Mm. Like Portuguese literature, it's a lot about that. No, interesting. So that, and that I think it was a very kind of a moment where you are like, My God, mm. I am at a place that I have been studying I've, been, I've, read, about. Yeah, I've exactly. read about. So it's a very I don't know, it's a very interesting feeling. Mm. So Cochin, and then I've been to the Mauritius Island.
0: Oh, nice! Um, so my list, actually. Yo, yeah, you should go there definitely.
1: Yeah. Mauritius, and then Cape Town in South Africa, um, Walvis Bay in Namibia, um, and then I visited. Oh my God, I visited a lot of cities in Morocco. Um, I went to Fez. Yeah, Fez. Fez. I went to Casablanca. Oh, nice. I, I went to Rabat.
2: Um,
1: and then I was like thirty minutes away from Spain. Like we were literally looking at Spain. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh my God.
1: <laughs> so and then again and then I was I was I was in um, in London, right? Okay. So these are the places that I have mentioned. You probably you know whoever's gonna be listening to this will yeah. be like, oh my God, just been to all these many places yeah. that I really wanna be at. Well, he's my experience in those, all these places, you know. He's what I felt. When I was in Tokyo, I. And he was very. I, I would like. That was very like interesting because it's a place where you have been dreaming about, right? Mm-hmm. And once you get to Tokyo, I realized that I was. Again, I was a tourist. Mm-hmm. That is true. But that excitement of being in that place. Somehow distant, like it made me distant, mm. distant from the people in Tokyo. Yeah. Because I would, I would, I had a list of places I wanted to see in Tokyo, mm. and so I was going from places to places, from places to places. But again, I did not have the joy, mm. <laughs> and that was very interesting. I was going to all these different places. Like you go to Tokyo Tower. Oh my God! I'm in Tokyo Tower. It is like a minute excitement, yeah, and that's summer. over. <laughs> And and that is the part where I was like, what is going on?
2: Yeah. Mm. Like, why? Mm.
1: Why are we so excited to visit all these many places yet? And I felt like I was missing the point. Mm. Mm. Because my joy started to come in mm. when I started interacting with the people. people.
0: Mm. Very interesting. So I had a very pre- right. previous practice when we spoke about this extensively. So. It beautifully ties into my next question. So, like, when you travel, so from mm-hmm. what you say, I guess the people matter for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I feel like it's one of the things that's, one of the areas that's very under-emphasized. E- so, when you travel, I have this question, which I usually ask people on mm-hmm. this platform, is...
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When you travel, what do you allow yourself to see?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And what do you care to see or not to see? So I don't know if this ties in beautiful with, like, you talking about the lack of joy and just Mm -hmm. visiting these very touristy places and just Mm -hmm. taking pictures and not interacting with the people. Mm -hmm. So I guess when you travel, what do you really like? I guess interacting with people will be one thing for you. Mm -hmm. And what else? So...
1: I feel like, so this is kind of like a reality, you know, I came yeah. to realize that when I was traveling yeah. throughout different places, yeah. because I was starting to realize that the more I interacted with the people, mm. the more connected to the place and the more it's, connected to the, to, the, to the, I mean, the, even the infrastructure itself, yeah. to me, it had no meaning if I had no connection with the people,
2: people. Mm.
1: themselves. And so I feel like at the very beginning, I was making the mistake of what? Going to the exotic place. Yeah. I was very excited. So I myself was allowing... I was allowing myself to make... You know, to kind of make a checklist. Yeah, exactly, I, yeah. back my, my bucket list. Yeah,
0: bucket list. Been here, been there, I, done that, yeah.
1: You know, it's like, I've been here. and Exactly. And so... And and that somehow was preventing me from somehow absorbing and like indulging myself in, in the beautiful culture mm. and, and, and the, the people who actually create this environment for you. Mm. Because this environment, the you know, let's say the skyscrapers, the the lights that you see at night Mm. and the clean environment because Japan is so clean. Yeah. (laughs) Um, the clean environment that you have, it was created by people.
2: Mm.
1: And so I feel like at the very beginning of the journey I did not allow myself to somehow being exposed
0: to the people in those places. So at the beginning, but but then you were able to snap out of that and like, okay, no, I have to enjoy I I like that too. So
1: like, I I, I literally had to come out of my shell. Mm. And so, and that's how you start to understand more what people are thinking about you when Mm. they see you. Mm. Because... I was in Japan and like as a tourist, you just want to take pictures and you just want to get, you know, it's like you want to stand in front of the Tokyo Tower and like take a picture. Yeah, you know, because you want to have that on your record that you were there. there Because to an extent, that's what proves that That you were were there. there. (laughs) Because the verbal sometimes doesn't mean anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh so, my god yeah <laughs> oh, that's funny yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> you want to show put it on facebook or instagram oh i have done exactly. that, 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 that anyway. Oh,
1: if not like if you're not the kind of person who likes those you know social media yeah um, then he, he, people have uh, albums yeah, exactly you know, like, if you Still, put yeah we are
0: still yeah the that's friends so true. in
1: your house oh yeah so then you know but again i f- I, I feel like i fail to understand to an extent um the japanese people mm. at first um, and thank God, we stayed there for five days and that realization came maybe like a, on my fourth day, day. in Japan because, mm. and we were moving from to another city as well. And that's when I, to, for the first time, I decided to like try my Japanese, mm. <laughs> try my Japanese and, and and just try and talk to someone in Japan because it's interesting that even though Japan is very developed, yeah. not a lot of people speak English. Mm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so.
1: In order to interact with people, then you have to try yeah, to speak in the, in the in the you know in the language. English, yeah. So I was trying to speak some Japanese, and um, when I was trying to talk to, a, I remember this lady in particular. We went to a market,
2: yeah,
1: and um, I tried to say something in Japanese, and and she looked at me. She was like, you know, like she was like number one. They she was somehow I wouldn't say they were scared, yeah. right? They just have never seen anybody like me,
2: yeah,
1: okay. right? To start with. And two, she had a lot of questions that she wanted to ask, yeah. but she couldn't because she doesn't speak English. Yeah. Number three, she wanted to touch me. Yeah. Because, um, again, we can think of everything that we want, right, when people want to touch you. Because to an extent, it's for a lot of people in Japan, I would say in the place where we were particularly, like, they're not very exposed to, like, Diverse,
0: um, people. To diverse people. diverse okay.
1: people. To them, even let's say thinking of an African or a black person, mm. it's 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 like it's imaginary mm. for them, mm. right? Mm. You know, it's like you thinking of snow. Mm. Until you see <laughs> snow. <laughs> That's, my God. That's
2: funny anyway, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. until
1: you see snow, yeah. You're not gonna believe it. It's it's just in the movies. Yeah. So when you see that person, again, Again, we're different from Snow White, yeah. but you want to touch that person, mm. to feel that that person is
2: real, is
1: real that you're not, like, imagine, like, it's not a movie. Mm. And so, I had the lady coming to me, and she tried to touch me, and she was like, ah, beautiful, beautiful. And I was like, thank you, thank you. And, like, I was trying to, like, say, um, uh, like, thank you in, like, Japanese, and, and, and she was like, Wow. Like, I look at that lady's eyes mm. and you could notice that she really wanted to say more. She mm. wanted to ask more. But we didn't speak the same language. a
0: language, language barrier was like... Yeah, yeah, language
1: barrier was always there. But that connection yeah, was, there. Was, was there and that was very powerful. And I think I kind of allow myself to be exposed to that. Mm. And again, you know, you're not going to have a beautiful experience in every place yeah, that exactly. you go. Because every country has its own stereotypes and its own like somehow I would say every country pretty much has a caste system mm. people might not believe it but I think every country has its own caste system mm. and at the top of the, at the the top and bottom of the ladder there is always someone mm. and so if you happen to be similar to the people at the bottom of the ladder then you'll be treated in one way mm. and so in different and these are the things that I needed to somehow learn throughout mm-hmm. the, 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 the the you know the, the trip at semester at sea because in some places where like people who have a much darker skin for instance in Japan it is I mean depending on how you understand it but in Japan we were novelties right yeah. <laughs> people have never seen us and so for them it was joy yeah because the Japanese people they are... I don't know but they don't travel a lot
2: mm.
1: because they are very they are very connected to their own country someone even makes a job that they have everything yeah. so it's like your life is perfect here why should you go and explore more other places but again it's the European feeling of you know what I have here is not enough it's never <laughs> enough that you need to go and colonize other people's country oh, but anyway we're not talking <laughs> about,
2: about that. that that's
1: for who are the
0: podcast
1: yeah <laughs> the time, time. <laughs> so yeah. So, yeah, like, you have different, you know, it's... you and, and, again, you need to be very careful, you know, when you go yeah. to all these different places because sometimes you might be in danger, you know. Yeah. In some places, just because you're at the bottom of the ladder, you know. Like, I have very... I had kind of... I have mixed feelings about India, mm. you know. I, I had some of the best experiences in there where, like, um, I was in some places I was very well treated. Um, but, again, I wonder if i was very well treated in those places because i was walking with a certain kind of people, people. um because you know you know and, and again in every hotel we went to it was very to us the hotel we could we say we could afford it was like a very prestigious hotel in mm. india it was very expensive and 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 you know and you everywhere you go in india mm. you find the saying um a guest is like a god to mm. us and we should treat it that treat them that way but then, when we were shifting a little bit from those kind of environments, when we allow ourselves to um, see a little bit more the reality besides yeah, the development. The fun, yeah,
0: the fancy hotels the, and the other parts when, of like a society. Exactly yeah. when
1: you get out of the fancy hotels, when you get out of a place where you are protected, mm. where you are looked at as a tourist because of your economic status, or yeah. like not just because of how, how you look like, right? Because
0: of your, yeah, yeah, they see many signs when they see you
1: exactly so then you start to see because those people out there they, they're they like they don't know how wealthy you are yeah. they don't know where you're coming from they don't know for them the way you look like it's how they perceive you it's mm. how they treat you mm. right and, and that happens a lot when we were walking around the streets
2: mm.
1: and that was a very you know I mean like people would look at I mean, this is really—I don't know—I—I I would say don't take that from me, but this was my experience, right? Everyone has their own experience. Mm. So I remember circumstances where people would look at me and speak. Wow. And I would—I would see people looking at me and they would um, smile. Like it's not like just a smile, like a regular smile. Yeah. It's that one that you already know—that you are like a, like what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> like mm. you, you don't belong here, mm. right? And I have seen, um, I've had people um, mm-hmm. even, you know, what we would call like sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people trying to think that you are an object of, um, you know, you were just there for to satisfy their sexual needs or something. Like, they even think that you are prostitute or something mm-hmm. along those lines. And so these are the things that I have experienced in different places, not just in India, but like even in Morocco as well. Mm. So these are these are the things I have experienced and and again I have had good moments in those places. But again well. there are also and in, and in, in, in these experiences again I understand them because they are related to the history
2: mm. to
1: all the social and political and economical issues that those countries have. Huh. So it's you you understand why you are facing that. Mm. But that doesn't make it right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So you, we all, we
0: need to have that critical eye, right. you know. Mm, so. I like that. The critical eye is essential in the tra- traveling. I guess exactly. it's one of my things. Like, I go to, to play various places and I have the gaze. I, I, I immediately, like, when I leave my area of comfort, my comfort mm-hmm. zone, I just put on my gaze. Oh, it's, yeah. like, it's just, and it's perpetually on when I'm traveling, <laughs> watching, seeing, writing down, observing. What I wouldn't see or what I would like brush over in other circumstances. But mm-hmm. when I'm in that state of traveling, mm-hmm. I'm hyper-aware and I put on that critical stance.
2: Yeah.
0: It's very interesting. So what w- would you say your migration, as this is migrant diaries, mm-hmm. you have to come back to that, was <laughs> a result of choice or circumstance? And either or how so? Would you, or you, ha- you saw this opportunity and you jumped at that. They were like, what would you say? You intentionally go out. Okay, I'm just going to move out from A to, to from point A to point B. Because like we always bear in mind man, traveling is very expensive mm-hmm. these days, and mm-hmm. it's a privilege not everyone can uh, yeah. uh, can afford and has access to. So, would you, what would you say like your my, your choice to migrate or like migration to, in your experience has been like circumstance, choice, opportunity? Like yeah.
1: <laughs> I think America's Nixon has shaped me in a manner that I think of everything as a choice. Okay. <laughs> so. But I feel like some of, you know, some of the, the you know, moving from one place to another to an extent for me has been also like not really much, um, you know, guided by this. I mean, I would totally say that m- from moving from my hometown to the capital city was the circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. Because again, I did not have a say in that. It was more like my parents thought that I would get a much better education at that place. Yeah. And so then it was it was a good opportunity for me to go, mm. and so that's how I moved from my that place. So because again I always tie together my you know my my you know moving like migrating from my hometown to the capital city because I feel I feel that's where everything started. Mm. But that's where I started to realize that hey, there is a world well, out, out there. There. Mm. there is there is more to just this place where yeah. I'm from. There, there is more that I could, that I could, you know, and then again, I always thought that whatever I go, I could always bring something and they could always bring something to me, mm. right? So the, when I moved to the, to the capital city, I was like, wow, this is amazing, you know? Mm. But at the same time, it's me who is bringing that perspective from a small town to the capital city mm. again. And so I feel like maybe... From the um, from high school, where um, I became because I feel like that's the moment where I became independent, mm. where I started to make my own choices, mm. where I started to say, Okay, so maybe I shouldn't date right now, yeah. <laughs> because um, we already know that we don't have a good history, we don't really have good contraceptives, mm. and at that point. I mean, if, if you were to, you were a goal at that time, mm. if you were to try to inform yourself about contraceptives, it meant something else yeah. for our society. Yeah. So I was like, maybe it's not a good opportunity because I, I have a goal I mm. want to achieve. Mm. And so at that point without, you know, even the opportunity that I had gotten at that point, um, my goal was what? To get done with my high school. Cause mm. so I was doing education, was getting done with my high school, become a teacher and I I pretty much, by the time I was in my 12th grade, because Angola went through some reforms, mm. and so I, I had to do a 13th grade, yeah so by that time, I already had a job lined up for me, because mm. I had interned at one of the schools, I was teaching the 5th uh, and 6th graders, and so they really liked me, and mm. they wanted me to go there and teach Portuguese, be a Portuguese teacher, and so, and I was going to be making like around $900, so like, I, my life to an extent was like really well planned. Mm. So I was gonna be making $900 and then I was going to university. I had the best grade, I had the grades to go to the best university, university
0: in the country. Yeah, oh, and okay. I
1: and to get into that university, people from my school, as long as you had a you know, our grades go from zero to 20. Yeah. 20 is the highest, 10 is the average, yeah. and so as long as you have an average of 14 then you could get into the school. Oh, yeah. And my average was like 18. Oh, good. So now I yeah. was like really ready to like get in without even going through the application process yeah. because they thought I, w- I was a really good student. So, and basically the tuition for the school was $250. So can you see how independent I already was Words, in my, yeah. my choices? Because yeah. at that point, my parents had no no longer saying what I was doing. Doing, yeah. Because when I was home at first, my mom pretty much determined what I would dress every day. Okay. My mom would do my hair.
2: Mm.
1: My mom would, hey, you go and visit your relatives, come back at this time. It's like everything has. It's like I was living under the rules of my parents. (laughs) Once I moved, everything was gone.
2: Mm.
1: I mean, of course, I was living with the nuns and they had their rules of when to come back. But again, the choices of what to do, Mm. which, you know, where where to study, Mm. where to go when went to you know if I had to go for an internship where to go to like none of these was under anybody else's um realm but mine, mm-hmm. right? I had to make the choice mm-hmm. and and that's when I I think my make like that environment somehow also helped me be become independent and start to realize which choices I should make that would help me achieve my goal in maybe shorter or longer term. That I right now I'm still trying to find what my goal is because I feel like my short term has been achieved. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to set another goal. goal. So mm. I feel like from there I started making everything like moving was a choice. Choice, okay. Right? Again, it's a choice that at first you need to work hard mm-hmm. to make that possible. Simple, yeah. Because choices are not possible if you know if you don't make them if you don't work hard enough to create the conditions for you to be able to make those choices. Choices. Mm -hmm. So that's how, like, you know, I, again, many people in my school worked hard.
2: Yeah.
1: And Mm -hmm. I had lots of friends that I was like, my God, I don't know if I'm going to pass this, I'm going to be accepted in this application because a lot of my friends were there with me, Mm -hmm. you know, and they were really good. And I was very surprised that I was accepted. (laughs) So, but again, that's, like, I look back today and I look at what kind of student I was and Mm -hmm. how I looked at the world, That really like set me apart, like that. That really differentiates me from everybody else. And so, from there, but but again, you know, it's it's how the way you think, Mm -hmm. because every opportunity that will come up to you, let's say every employer, they will sometimes they don't just hire who has the best skills, Mm -hmm. right? They hire whoever has the person who has the vision Mm -hmm. that the company somehow has. Mm -hmm. So. I feel like that's how, like, my opportunities came to me, and I I, I definitely had a lot of opportunities coming my way, but, like, I just, for some reasons, I just thought that UWC was the best, Mm. and that's how, like, I made the choice to apply, because I thought I would have gotten so much out of it, and then from there, I would just say everything was a choice, because I had to choose from six colleges, and, and so on, so...
0: So, in conclusion, we asked our president, "What is what is? I guess you've kind of answered it as we've gone along, mm. but what is mm. success to you, like Bernada?"
1: What is success to me? Hmm. Like this entrepreneurship class we were taking together, kind mm. of has influenced <laughs> on what I thought <laughs> yeah. success was. But um, it's it's a very hard question, I think. But to me. Success, because I think personally, other people matter Mm. a lot to me. And that's one of the reasons why I'm like, I go, I lose, I'm doing social science, Mm. right? Because I I do, I want to work with people. So to me, success is about um, being able to utilize your skills and knowledge and, you know, being able to share it with people. Mm. And see that being, um, you know, see people acting on that. Mm, okay. Right? So in a way, let's say if I, am, um, if I am learning more about democracy, and I think democracy is a good value that a society needs to have, right? And um, share that with my community. And again, it's not about, it's not about imposing, right? It's about mm-hmm. sharing what you, what you have because at the end of the day we all have our own perspectives and mm. our own ideas on what is best for ourselves mm. and so sharing my knowledge my experience around the world with people and seeing that at least my pers- my my experience has opened up their horizons mm. and they this and they started to like seek other opportunities for themselves too or oh, at least their mindset of what the Chinese are or like who the Americans are mm. has somehow changed. To me, that is success.
2: Oh, thank you very much, Ben That's yeah. That was a great talk to you.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you.